Welcome to Real Weddings with Sarah. I'm Sarah Kennedy from Irish Wedding Blog, one of Ireland's leading sources for wedding inspiration, advice and support. Real Weddings with Sarah brings you an inside snoop of some of Ireland's best-loved personalities and celebrity weddings. Join me as I indulge on all of the wedding goss. are very welcome to today's episode which is brought to you by special days by sue we are covering going abroad which focuses on jetting off to say your i do's i'm seeing a lot of you asking for more information on the legalities logistics and general lowdown on what it takes to get you and your guests over to sunnier pastures for your big day to help answer your questions, I called upon one of the best in the biz, and I've worked there for a long time. Her name is Sue Egan of Special Days by Sue. She specialises in weddings, mainly in Spain and here in Ireland, but she has a really, really good grasp of the general landscape, and she'll be well able to answer the questions that you guys are asking me. Sue, you are so very welcome. Thank you, Zara. Absolutely delighted to be invited onto your show. Oh, it's great to have you, and I've just been watching you now between... You know, post-COVID, seeing Sinead, the blogger's wedding that you looked after and right up to, you know, the last few weeks, you looked after your own son's wedding over in Spain. So you must be just on an absolute merry-go-round at the moment. It's been such a buzz. It's been amazing to see some of the weddings that have been so long planned I know. actually finally happen. Sinead's obviously been one and my son's been another. Three times we had to move the date. But when it happened, it was just amazing. I know. Well, look, before we get cracking on, can you tell me, first of all, can you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about the job you do? Because I obviously haven't given you the justice <laughs> of the full extent of what you do. Well, I, I live in North County, Dublin, Sarah. And I have I should have been in the wedding industry years and years ago because it was always a passion of mine. And I saw an open in the market where I knew destination weddings was a big thing for Irish people and I saw where I had great knowledge of parts of Spain and that I could bring that to the table and introduce it to couples here and so that's basically how I started my business so um, as well as planning weddings here at home because we have some amazing uh, venues here but I could definitely see um, there's the magic of being couples abroad and having their the best day of their lives over there and that's kind of where I started um going to Spain and doing destination weddings and the rest is history and the rest <laughs> and the rest, the rest is non-stop back-to-back uh, weddings and absolutely yeah. COVID didn't help of course <gasps> hopefully a thing well you're making up for it now um so look let's start from the beginning um I know you specialize in Spain which you've which you've spoken about but can we come back a step earlier so when a couple gets engaged and they're trying to figure out whether to stay home or go abroad what are the what are the early kind of pros and cons about going abroad I think uh, the main thing, especially for Irish couples is they the first thing you have to do is write out a guest list now, a lot of country couples, um, and we know this is fact in, in Ireland, if you're from the country, you invite half the town. And sometimes that isn't really what the couple wants to do. Mm-hmm. And so they end up having a huge guest list. And one of the benefits of going abroad is it cuts that guest list 
down to people that you actually really want at your wedding. So your closest friends, your closest family, um, and, and it kind of narrows that back down and brings a, a bit of reality to it. So and you're cutting know, off the waste. I know that sounds ruthless. But yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, you're cutting it. off the people that maybe your parents know or people that, you know, you you don't actually know, but they have to be invited to your wedding. to go abroad, it's a big, like it's, you know, as a guest, you really have to be close to them to actually commit absolutely. to going abroad yeah absolutely and that's why a wedding abroad becomes magical because you are now surrounded with the best friends and your family who are the closest to you who you love the most and now you're going to celebrate not just one day but a couple of days um at the best time of your life yeah. with these people so it, it makes going abroad very very appealing and then the other thing is value for money, what you get for going abroad. You get a longer um, a longer wedding. Your wedding could go on for two, three, four days, whatever it is you want. Yeah. As soon as people arrive in Spain, your wedding has started. The excitement starts to build. The lunches are happening. The pool drinks are happening. You know, everybody's just gathering. They're not rushing to work. They're not worried about babysitters. They're relaxed. So that brings a whole different vibe and a different experience for your guests as well. And you get a lot more for your book. You know, you get a lot more time for your money. So your wedding can definitely go on a lot longer. I think really the the main thing is the people at your wedding are the people you really want. Of course, yeah. That's it, because it is it, it it is a huge effort. And I know myself, I've been to um, a couple of abroad weddings. I think I've been to about three now. And they've all just been like the vibe is just so different because you're you're kind of because you, you get there a couple of days early. So you're kind of you're switched off. You're in holiday mode, depending on the venue or the resort you're in or the villa. And, you know, you're all just chilling out. And then it's like everyone's down the morning of the wedding at the pool. And then the bride and groom are like, right, we're just going to go get ready so we can go get married. It's just it's just such a different. So different. Such a different vibe. You know, and and also for the day of that wedding, you know, when you when we're here and we're trying to, you you know, we want to go and talk to all our guests and meet all our guests and give give our guests time and thank them for coming it's very difficult when it's just one day here of trying to spread yourself out but when you're away in Spain and you're sitting out in the pool uh, with a cocktail in your hand you get to see all your guests you do and then you do the same thing the next day and then the same thing the next day and it's very difficult to drink cocktails three days in a row really oh, it's a burden but someone has to do it you know <laughs> and so what was what what would you feel are, are cons to go abroad I know that's a difficult one for you to ask but what are the kind of that for a couple what are the what are the particular particular cons that they might have I think sometimes the couple know what they want to do they know they want to go away but sometimes they have to persuade their family their parents maybe yeah. Um, and get them to understand that it isn't, you know, that they're not going to something that's really bizarre and that their wedding isn't going yeah. to be real. And and sometimes, you know, parents, that, stress, isn't it? That, that kind of question will be asked to a couple like, oh, is it going to be a real wedding? Can you really get married here? Yeah. You know, is it this? Is it that? And family can put doubts into the couple's head. They really so that, can. Yeah, they really can. And sometimes I'll say to the couple, look, it's about you. And at the end of the day, you're very clear on what you want. 
And if you be, if you're able to say that to your family in a positive way, this is what we want, then families do. They so, grow in. Yeah, they do. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And so so with that in mind, then it's it's really about then like, how do you get to choosing a destination because like a lot of the questions I would get from brides that get in touch is like well where do, where should I go and I'm like well the world's a big place so yeah. like how do a couple start that focus of like um deciding where to go and what are the considerations you should you should think about when you're trying to say look I, all I know is I want to go abroad I've no allegiance to any particular destination per se but yeah. like so where do you start with that Sue? I think for me, I, I would say to the couples, look, you don't want to bring your guests traveling for hours and hours and hours. You want something that a destination that's easy to get to mm-hmm. and is also affordable. Mm-hmm. So if you pick Spain, you know, you're less than three hours away. And yeah. then I would say when you get off at that airport, don't pe- put people on a coach then for another two hours. An hour is enough. Yeah. And an hour will bring you to all the best destinations along that coast. Yeah. The next thing is to look at, again, a budget for both yourself, the couple and for your guests. Can they afford to come? Can they afford? Is there, you know, a, a large selection of hotels and restaurants? Airbnbs and all those Airbnb, things. Yeah, they can afford to go to your wedding. Um, and the same for for the couple as well. Is it affordable for them to look after their guests? Like Irish couples are extremely generous and they Mm -hmm. never just want to look after them for the wedding day. They'll always try and do something for a day before and a day after. Yeah, always. And so you pick somewhere, again, that's affordable, you know, for you to be able to do that, that they're not traveling and you're not losing time. Yeah, of course. Traveling. And then I suppose the other thing is <clears throat> you have to take into consideration, do you want a church wedding? Do you want a celebrant wedding? And if it's a church wedding, you know, it, uh, the area that you pick, is that feasible? Are you able to do it the way you want to do it? Um, and the same as if you don't want a church wedding, do you want just a celebrant wedding? They're mm-hmm. all the kind of things I think people need to consider when they're looking at a destination wedding. And and you, you just mentioned legalities, and I think that's probably the one that's kind of the main mind boggle for a lot of couples. <clears throat> Can you talk about what it means to get legally married in, in different destinations? Um, so for me in Spain, um, people think it's very difficult to have a Catholic wedding in Spain. And in fact, it's actually quite simple. There is paperwork to be done. Um, and your planner will always guide you through that step by step. Um, and a Catholic wedding in Spain is actually the same as a Catholic wedding here, Zara. Yeah. You have to get your letters of freedom from your parish churches. Yeah. You have to do your um, marriage course with a cord is usually the one. Yeah. You can do it online. Some of them are Zoom and some of them then you have to go there, you know, to You're in person. Yeah, in person, exactly. And and people think they're, I don't know what people think about the, the courses sometimes, they dread it, but it's actually, it's actually really great. Cool. They're great crack. Like, <laughs> we had you know? a great time doing yeah. ours. Yeah. I can give you ideas of how to deal with a row. Well, we deal with this way, what way would you deal with it? I know, exactly. So there, it can be really good fun. But then you get your letters of freedom from your parish. Um, And then the letter of um, your parish priest will write a particular letter of freedom and sends it to the archdiocese of your area. Mm -hmm. 
They then stamp it and send it to the Archdiocese in Spain. Yeah. They stamp it and send it then to whichever church you're going to be married in. Perfect. So no, no, no only for having to get the arch, the, the, the diocese to stamp it. It's not really that different than if you're living in Dublin and then you decide you want to get married in Donegal. You, exactly. It's, it's, it's pretty much the same bar it's the stamp. pretty much the same. You okay. do have to go online um, and you would apply to the foreign affairs. You have a form to fill out. That's right, yeah. And, and that is just to prove that you've never been married before. Yeah. That, again, is very, very simple. It's yeah. just online. And then um, your marriage in Spain, after the day after your wedding or two days after your wedding, you'll be brought to the local town hall. And that's where your reg- your marriage is registered. And they will give you your certificate um, as your as your marriage being registered. Okay. And what's the story then with the green folder? So you know the way you have the green folder in Ireland on the day you sign the you sign that in the presence of of your priest, and you take that away and then you post that off and it goes into the registrar. Do you take like does that green folder come with you then to Spain? You don't need a green folder in Spain. Okay. Paperwork is slightly different for Spain, so the green folder is just here for Ireland. Okay. Perfect. Okay. But that's all simple so it's basically two days later so you need to make sure you're in the country two days later you pop along you go to the registry you do that you sign off and then you take your paperwork home and then you register the marriage when you get home exactly okay but it's not like register like you have to go into city hall like go in and have a ceremony it's literally just you go in and have an appointment you're once you've got married in the church and you sign your certificate in church it's the very same as what you would do here yeah over there you take that certificate and you bring it into the town hall where it is registered and they actually give you a marriage certificate fantastic it will be in spanish but you can get it translated very uh, easily at home with a solicitor and it's not expensive at all to do brilliant okay and then your your other option then is to have a a celebrant led wedding okay and a celebrant led wedding means then that you apply online to the um to the registry office the hsc and it would be you would have you can go and have a very discreet ceremony here in so pop into your local registrar you could have be married in a lunchtime and do all the paperwork that's it but then have the blessing or the you know the i suppose the emotive ceremony then there on land but it's just not it's not a legal ceremony over there exactly but okay. it becomes very special it can be it's very bespoke it could be a celebrant i know i i certainly use uh, celebrants that kind of write your story get to know you get to know Lovely. the journey of you meeting and you know bringing you to where you are on that day helps you write your wedding vows makes it really personal and makes it very very special yeah and and it is and it is really nice I've actually seen now two I've 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 been to a wedding in Portugal where they had a celebrant and it was lovely it was really intimate really nice but then I've had two one in Italy and one in actually in Nurka where they were church and they were beautiful as well so it's it's just yeah it's it's really down to it's really down to your personal preference and but at, at least there's the option for the two and then your if you have a celebrant wedding it allows you incorporate some special parts like you can have a sand ceremony so you know sometimes you have different dynamics of a family uh, joining together and you can do that sand ceremony where it's joining the two families together yeah and um, you can have you know ring warming you 
open hand, the hand fastening. So you have lots of options to incorporate some very special moments within that ceremony. And, and I presume with the celebrant option as well, Sue, that you're not restricted by being in a certain specific location. So if the couple want to have their 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 ceremony you know, on the beach, yeah, and it's fine because it's, yep. it's a non-legal ceremony. So Absolutely. technically they don't have to be yep. in a certain um, room for that to be legal so they can do all of that. that that's the beauty about the, the celebrant one. You can have it at your venue. And obviously these venues are something either, else. You see, yeah. they're so special. You're either in these beautiful gardens with mountain views or at the sea, yeah. you know, and you can have a celebrant there. It's fab. It's gorgeous. And um you know, just even just thinking about some of those logistics, like for me, that makes sense. And I'd, I'd have no issue with it. But obviously for, for some of the couples, you know, it's it's quite a daunting task to get that around. Like, so should all couples aim to get a planner on the ground or should they try do it themselves? Like what's what's the benefit really of having a planner over, the you know, doing all this? The planner knows the area. They know, you know, they know the suppliers. They know who's going to suit you. Like you're here and you're trying to do things online. You, you're spending most of your time researching, researching. Mm. You're never sure who you pick is actually the right fit for your wedding. Yeah. And then when you actually get over there, you're going to spend most of your time running around, trying to put it together, do timelines for for on the day and get every it's it's just too difficult you know yeah. I, I I couldn't think of anything worse than to try and do that myself and not have the knowledge yeah and and can you tell me then how does then that wedding planner process work so like what's the first protocol like you know because it was actually really funny I was having a conversation with with them with the cousin with the family member and uh, they're looking to get married abroad and they kind of had their heart set on a venue already and I saying well look if you, you've got two routes to go you could go straight to the venue they'll have a certain amount that they can do for you but you know it's limited but before you settle on a venue you should probably look at talking to a, a destination planner who'll actually filter all of that stuff so you don't have to there go visit like you know 10 venues in that location to try and pick which one you want or you know all of that sort of thing so like what is the typical process of working with a destination planner when it comes to going abroad I think for me I think if you compare when when we go to a venue here in Ireland there will be um the, the hotel or whatever venue will have their own coordinator. Yeah. And that coordinator is able to help you and guide you with absolutely everything to do at your wedding. And they will know the local florist, the local baker, the local musician, and they're able to tell you who works the best in their venue. And they can narrow it down for you a little bit. Whereas when you go to Spain, the venues are a little bit different. They don't kind of offer that service. They mm -hmm. will give you a list of people they work with, but they're not going to... They're not going to vet them for you. No, they're not. They're absolutely okay. not. So for me, uh, just me as a planner and the way it works best for me is I get to know the couple. Um, I don't think um, a package wedding, it works for some people. For me personally, it's not something I offer I prefer to sit and talk to the couple get yeah. to know them get to hear what they're like get to hear what that vision of their special day is and so I start by literally you know what's your numbers what's your budget what's your dream 
and and go from there. And I'll and if that's the budget, the dream has to fit within the budget. The budget isn't a target. We don't have to hit it and go great. We're after spending your twenty five thousand, but it is it is something that couples really do have to have, because if they don't have a budget. Oh, well, it's no, impossible. Exactly. That's it. Exactly. Because you could you could go to town and then turn around and say, well, we don't have the money to go to town. <laughs> you know? exactly. So it's exactly. Yeah, that's it. So so say the couples. Right. So obviously they've chosen their location. Let's just say they've, they're, they're, they're going to, 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 to Spain, they're going to Malaga, whatever it might be. Um, they've been in touch and you've been back and forth in email. So where do you go from here at this stage then? For me, I I, I kind of eliminate all the emails mm-hmm. um, and I do uh, Zoom calls. I'll okay. do, yeah, I'll do video calls. And that means that well, they get to see me and I get to see them. And so it becomes more personal and I get a great vibe of what that couple are like. Okay. Um, and just chatting to them like what you and I are doing now. It's just chatting to them and teasing and out a little bit they out. don't even know about themselves maybe exactly and sometimes like you have the guys and in fairness they they don't really know what they want to ask but when you have them on a video call all of a sudden they do have questions and the girls are looking up and going all right I didn't think get any questions yeah, but yeah. they do <laughs> so they finally have a voice and usually their questions are will we run out of alcohol yeah yeah. valid very valid because yeah, that is a big concern about you know well yeah well usually usually i'll say at some stage and don't worry we don't run out of alcohol but you know when you're sitting with the couple it gives them both a voice and then you basically i think that it's the question is what is your day like in your head what is that what do you see as your your day being and it can be formal, informal, you know, they can see it at a beach, they can see it in the gardens, they can see it, they don't want any fuss, they do want fuss. So when you video call them, you can you can see them. And so you get to know their vibe. And straight away, I'll know in my head, I know this venue is the one I'm going to offer. Right, it. okay. And and so then at, at following that call, is that then it is, is it a case that you meet the couple over in the destination to show them around or or what happens? Well, I, I, I would say 99 percent of my couples never see the venue before they book it. And that. Wow. Yeah, Sarah, it's pure. It's purely down to trust. And it's another reason you do the WhatsApp video call or a Zoom call. And yeah. it's also I will meet them here as well. And before COVID, I used to meet my couples all the time. But then COVID kind of messed that up a little bit. And yeah. now we catch up. I don't have as much time to go meet them. But I would talk to the couples a huge amount on video. Yeah. I'm also fine at doing late evening calls. My couples will tell you that. Yeah. I do calls at the weekend. It's when they're chilling out and they're able to sit down, have a chat. And give it the headspace, of course. Exactly. And so once we, I, I'll come off email very quickly, get onto that call, start talking to them. Then I'll start sending them. I know I'll have a good idea of what venue I think is going to suit them. I won't send them a load of venues. There's no reason because I know no. these aren't going to work. So I'll send them what I really think will work. Yeah. And then if they love it, which 99% of the time they do, then you give them the information of, you know, does it fit into the budget? Well, yeah. yes, it does. 
you'll talk to them about the menu. You'll talk to them about the music. You'll talk to them what way that day will look from start to finish. And if the end of that call, they're not going, that sounds amazing. Then you backtrack and see, okay, what part of that have I not got right? Okay. And then try and, and, and remold it so that it is right. Exactly. For the couple. And then when they do get to come over to Spain and it's booked. They come over to Spain, they get to see their venue, they get to do their tasting, they'll get to do their hair, their makeup trials, but everything they get to do and everybody they've got to, they get to meet, they will have been talked through. There will be lots of conversations. So, so, so am I right in saying, right, that what you would do is when all that's sculpted on paper, they come over and they have like almost like a blitz weekend almost <laughs> and they literally do everything, everything tick in one visit. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that yeah. saves a fortune. Absolutely. Because I know so many couples are back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. That's, for so me, that's brilliant. Yeah, that was one of the things that I could see just for me as a planner. Other planners do it differently. I yeah. Like other planners definitely do it much different to me. But um, that's why I probably spend a lot more time talking to couples um, on the phone and talking to them, as I say, on video, because I believe they don't have to go back and forth. Everything, everything I pick for them, we'll have discussed, gone through. I'll have shown them samples. I'll have talked to them about it. And I'll be very confident that that will okay. be the right fit for that couple. And, you know, I, if I say to you, like, OK, Zara, what does your party sound like? What kind of music do you want? I'll have a good guess whether Zara wants, by talking to you, whether you want a band and then a DJ, whether you want just some live music, but then you want the top DJ with the saxophone player and the violin player and you want to bring it to that level. Or I'll know by just talking to you guys and and so so tell me right so I think that's brilliant because I know a lot of couples who have that heartache of all the back and forth so it, it's it's really then about the timeline because the timeline is that little bit different for yeah. um for couples going abroad when should couples start looking to get their save the dates out book flights send official invites or SVB timelines like what what's that timeline for a couple then I say get your save the date out straight away okay there's, it's never too soon. Let, as soon as you have that date booked, um, it's just not too soon to send out to your family and friends that you, you know, you're saved the date. And that gives them a great heads up. They know then to, you know, plan around that. Like when couples give me, um, you know, we talk about their guest list. I, I'll always say, don't try and answer for anybody on that guest list. Don't say, well, Zara isn't going to come. She has three children yeah. and she's not going to be able to make it. And the next thing Zara says, well, we haven't had a Spanish holiday in a couple yeah. of years. We're all gone. And mom is going to come and mind the kids the day of the wedding. So yeah. they actually come or... Mam says, go ahead, you guys, I'll mind the kids at home. And so you go off and have a long weekend. So the people you can never guess, you know, on that guest list, who's going to come and who's not. If they're on it and they're able to fly, there's a good chance they'll come to your wedding. Particularly if you're in a holiday destination where they can actually make the holiday out of it. Absolutely. And so if you can send them a save the date, 
that's what they will plan around. So it's not as important to send out invitations like it is when we're having a wedding at home. Yes, go ahead and do it. And I would always say, you know, do five months ahead instead of three months when we're here. Get your replies at least eight weeks before the wedding, your final replies before the wedding. And then you also have the option of doing everything on a website. You know, if a couple are inclined to set up their own website, they can send out the invitations on that. They can send out the menu choices. They can give, you know, all the information about the the area that they're going to visit yeah. and links to book hotels or airbnbs or whatever yeah. they might need to yeah have. your hotels your you know name the top restaurants i send that to the couples anyway and um, i'll help them with accommodation and um, transfers i'll give them suggestions of restaurants and bars but then also you know you can give them um, information on well if you have kiddies water pool you know water parks yeah Golfing is a big one, obviously. Yeah, Yeah, the lads over for the golf and the women. And then give them uh, suggestions of hotels where a big group of people can go into a hotel. For instance, Aaron uh, and Gina, when they, my son got married, they decided that they wanted as many people in the one hotel as possible. Okay. And so we had like 70 guests in one hotel, which ended up being party central. I can imagine. It was brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant. When you're setting that up, just give people as much time as possible. Yeah. There's an issue that comes to me quite a lot with couples that are getting married abroad and like they've, they've got this perfect venue, they've got a great planner, but what they struggle with is like the end result of particularly around their hair and makeup. And because I suppose the way hair and makeup is done in more mainland Europe, et cetera, is very different than what we're used to here across Ireland and Britain. So like, what do you, what, what do you recommend for, for couples? And like, is it, is it the norm to fly out your wedding suppliers? If, no, if you're that it, unhappy. Yeah. It's not really the norm. It's very few people would fly over their suppliers. Very, very few. Um, but I mean, again, it's down to getting to know the suppliers. I have, a huge selection of top suppliers, highly qualified professionals, very, very experienced, but very experienced with dealing with the Irish clients. And and I say that because we are a little bit different. We definitely do know what we want across the board. And hair makeup is no different. The makeup artists and hair girls in Spain are doing weddings every day of the week over and over again there's nothing they haven't done and nothing they haven't seen it's key for the bride to know that when she does go and visit and she's having a trial it's a trial it's up to the bride to say actually I don't like that can I change it and not walk out and then say afterwards I didn't like that yeah I know yeah you know, that is something I'd very much encourage. Um, if there's something that you didn't like, don't leave until, because these girls are more than happy to make sure that you walk out feeling a million dollars and that you're happy with everything. And, but, and you know what? I think this comes back to then the whole point around, you know, the, the pros of having a planner is the fact that you've got this little black book, like yeah. any planner would for their destination. You've got this little black book of the, of the right people that can deliver that you don't get complaints because it's not in your interest to recommend anyone that's going to lead to a complaint. Exactly. So rather than trying to do that yourself and find the local makeup artist who really isn't, may not be that qualified. Yeah. 
you've got this you know wedding specific type of yeah of of, of person to do it so and there is a quite a lot of specialized makeup artists that purely look after weddings and if you have a bride that didn't like her trial and didn't just wasn't happy in the end there is always somebody else to go to it's yeah. not the end of the world you yeah. know there's no panic here you have a panel yeah exactly <laughs> absolutely exactly. you've got the panel and then and the then, back bench <laughs> and then of course if there is if there is a bride that decides you know she's used to one particular makeup artist and that's who she would like to bring over fly her out exactly I mean it's it's as I say it's your day it's your way so you know the choices are there if you want to bring somebody over that's absolutely no problem as far as the rest like the music um your photographers videographers they're all brilliant they're all there I've seen the output from from a lot of the yeah of the weddings like they're just they're phenomenal and as well like to be fair they're very talented but like they don't have to work very hard because the locations are stunning. The locations so are stunning, and the people are on, on such a high. Like yeah, they're on they're so happy. High. Oh, they're so happy! It brings it to a, a whole different level. Yeah, I love that. And and tell me this, Sue. Are you know the whole Irish wedding? We love our bar, our band, or you know the DJ. Like, how similar or different is that in the? Very same. The very same. Exactly the same. Except, except a hundred times better because you're outside dancing at a pool with the fairy lights on, uh, and and the weather is just amazing. Love it. And, and then with food and catering, like should couples be looking to go with like local delicacies, or should they play it safe and keep it as as simple and close to what you'd get back home? Yeah, we're we're very Irish. We want to be fed well. We want proper dinners, and we want um, potatoes. And uh, <laughs> simple as. Uh, and, and a lot of the times we're asked for chips, which actually amazes me because if you're having a wedding here, we don't ask for chips. But for I know, some but it feels reason, just you're more relaxed at the, at the broad wedding. What it is. But the food, the food again, Zara. I have put a lot of. Um, work into this part like I won't pick a venue if the venue is stunning and the food isn't right then yeah, the venue make the right it's off the cut so you know the food has to be top quality you have to have a large selection of food there has to be flexibility of you know looking at you know, our dietary requirements is is key um and and mainly plenty of food good food yeah um, and again, all these venues are very used to looking after Irish clientele. They know the clientele. They know what we want. Yeah. And with that in mind, with knowing what we want, obviously, you know, the good old Irish shindig, you know, we don't we don't uh, we don't go to bed early. I'll put it to you that way. And like I know I was at a wedding myself there a couple of years ago and I remember it was about 1230 that like it was done it was like everybody out the drink had run out like how do you like obviously if they're going through a planner that will be made very very clearly but like how do you like how can couples really understand if that is going to be something that could potentially happen and also you know there's there's a big lean in in the abroad destinations you know to do free bars which we don't really do as much of here in Ireland what what are your thoughts around that 
So you, well, I mean, the free bar, we'll start with that. Every venue will, and every venue or every um, catering company, if you have your own private venue, you'll have your own catering company. Yeah. And they'll all offer um, some type of a, a bar, free bar. Yeah. It can be like 30 euro a head for five hours. Drink is not expensive. Yeah. So um, like you're anywhere between your 28, 30 euro ahead, or you might have a minimum charge of, um, you know, 1800 or for four hours or something like that. They will all offer something really, really good. Now, some couples still can't afford to do that. And that's okay. If they make it a cash bar, it still isn't costing their um, Their guests a huge amount. Yeah, No, it's not. But because it, because usually it's affordable, uh, the couples will do, they'll either do a three hour and let the last two hour be cash or they'll do the whole five hour. Um, your wedding will always start later in the day, yeah. in Spain, obviously, because the heat. So four o'clock in general is the starting time. And you start, you know, from your canopies. All your drinks are included, all your not not spirits, but all your wines and yeah. they're all included from your canopy are. So that's all free all the way through to after dinner. That wine is free flowing the whole time. And so your cash bar only opens after dinner, which could be nine o'clock. And then you have a yeah. five hour free bar. So by two o'clock in the morning, they're well and truly steaming. <laughs> and they're now jumping and they're now the doing river dance That's it. yeah exactly <laughs> so the party like again you know you can have your band you can have your dj you you know you can have exactly what you have here sometimes you do it a little bit different it doesn't have to be exactly what we do here like yeah. the band and then the dj you can definitely mix it up a little bit because you are outside so you can have you know, you can have different type of live music outside and then you can come inside to some of the venues and party until two in the morning, depending on the venue. But you're, exactly. never, you're never out of the venue before two o'clock. That's for okay. sure. Well, that's really, really good to know. <laughs> yeah, God, no, we, God forbid. God forbid. God forbid. Yeah, no, God forbid. And sometimes people will say, well, can we go from two till three? And I, I'm like, well, you can pay, you know, you can pay a bit extra, but like you'll be picking the people up out of the bushes. They're yeah. done, you know. Yeah, yeah they're cooked. They're cooked because they've been cooked the day before and the yeah. day. And they've another day to go and after as well. That's the difference. So that yeah. urgency of trying to get as much into that one day can relax a little bit. Of course. And look, now we're we're kind of, we're, we're coming to, you know, the final hour where people have to physically go and get there. They're traveling to get married. Right. So for couples, what tips have you got for couples um, for getting all their bits and pieces over from their dress, their suits, their hats, their decor? Like for me, I just always say, carry on your dress and suit. <laughs> like, don't don't put that into don't check that in. No. Like, w- what's your take on it? I think, in fairness, our airlines, both Ryanair and Aer Lingus, are excellent at trying to help the bride hang their dress. They're really, really good. Yeah. Every now and again, you'll hear somebody will just be told no. And then, you know, they'll come. <laughs> More often than not, that, that uh, hostess will come back and backtrack a bit and give them a bit of space to hang it. But in general, the main thing is be first onto that flight. 
Yeah. Okay. Be the first one on the flight. And when you're booking your flight, book on the extra baggage. Don't be starting to think about it. Just book it on. In the grand scheme of things, an extra 20 kilo bag is not going to just do it. Yeah. Get it done. Don't, you know, don't get hassled about it. Go into pennies, buy all the flip flops and put them into a suitcase with your fans and, and just do it. You know, if you want like the likes of the hats for the men, you can get them over there. And you'll get them over there very, very reasonable. If you want fans, you can also get them over there and get them very reasonable. But you can also get them even less expensive online. Get them, fill the suitcase and get it sorted. For anybody then bring in your suits. Well, the lads can just fold the suits into the suitcases with the shoes. Yeah. Um, But definitely the girls with their dresses you know, as I say, if you're first onto that flight, the, there's a very good chance that um, the crew will take the dress. But they'll hang it for you. Yeah. And the other thing is a lot of couples or a lot of brides this year have brought over their own steamers. Okay. And it saves a huge amount of time trying to bring the dresses to be steamed and bring them back. And there's so much such a good idea because, because Lidl had... Yeah, is at a very good price. <laughs> and uh, home store and more, they all uh, all have them. Just put the steamer in the bag, hang up the dresses as soon as you get there, and the heat alone pulls out some of the some of the creases. But that's it. And even like I always find that if I leave a dress, particularly if I'm doing any shoots or for editorial or whatever, that if I if I run the shower and let the steam build yeah. up in the room and it just they drop <laughs> out, you're just going exactly. to doing a light a light press. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think just book your flights well in advance. And the sooner you book your flights, the sooner you can get them booked, the less expensive. They're not expensive once you do a bit of research and keeping an eye on it. And the same with accommodation. Yeah, of course. Look, Sue, that is there's so much there. Like I could I could go on for probably another hour just picking apart all these different pieces. But like we've covered some serious ground today and no doubt there's a lot more there in the pot. But I think couples will really, really benefit just even getting that introduction into it. It gives just that little bit of clarity to to separate the wood from the trees a little bit. Sue, of course, you're fantastic on your social media. You're always very responsive and you're great on the emails. If anybody wants to hear more from you about a specific topic or area how can they get in touch what's the best day and where can they find you yeah they can just email me on info at special days by sue just drop me an email and i'll answer them straight away um as you say if they want to see any anything i have my uh website and that's www.specialdaysbysue.com and um yeah just contact me get in touch and off we go that's it Sue, thank you so much for your time today. Really, really appreciate it. And and obviously, I know your work really well. You're great. And I've recommended you to hear for couples that are coming in from abroad, getting married here in Ireland as well. So thank you for that. And wishing you the very best of luck. And I'm looking forward to hearing when you can actually put the feet up officially on this, <laughs> we- on this wedding season. Congratulations. Thanks, Sarah. And thank you so much for having me on your show. It's an absolute honour. And I wish you all the very, very best for the exciting month ahead. I'm ah. <laughs> to see photos of the little new arrival. It'll be amazing. The little new arrival. Yeah. Well, it's, it's coming soon. Yes. <laughs> Thanks, Sue. Thanks so much, Sarah. Thanks a million. 
Thanks for listening to Real Weddings with Sarah. Thanks to producer Ruth Devaney, voiceover extraordinaire Phil Colley, and Pink Champagne Wedding Band for our Cool Finds jingle. Join me next week where we will be chatting to another top guest to get the scoop about their wedding day and married life. Until then, you can find me at Irish Wedding Blog on social media channels. 